So tonight we have uh, Mr. Jeremy Hinope. I asked him and I got it wrong anyway. Jeremy has been working with the Central Church of Christ in Augusta, Georgia since 2002. He served as their youth minister and youth and family minister from 2002 to 2017 and currently serves as their involvement minister. Jeremy graduated from Faulkner University with a BA in Bible and from Troy University with an MS in Counseling and Psychology. Uh, in addition to his work as a minister, he is a licensed professional counselor. He's a member of the Board of Directors for Exposure Youth Camp and a member of the Board of Directors for Palmetto Bible Camp. Uh, he and his wife, Lauren, have two children, Mason and Mackenzie. I was able to meet Mackenzie. She's upstairs in one of our classes. So I'll move out of the way in just a second, and Jeremy will continue our summer series uh, on the fruit of faithfulness. Uh, let's see, anything else? No, 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 no. Let's offer a prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you now in this avenue of prayer that we have, that you've given to us. We're so grateful and thankful for the many blessings, for all you do and for all you have done for us, your church especially through your son. We're entering a time of study here tonight uh, of your word. I ask that you help us to uh, calm our minds and open our hearts so that we can receive it, so we can be changed by it. And we ask your blessings on Brother Jeremy as he delivers it. As always, Father, we pray in concern for all those things and people on our hearts and minds. Whatever that individual concern is, we. We simply ask that your will be done. Finally, Father, we ask your guidance that we uh, will always seek to glorify you as we live our lives and speak and act. And this is our prayer through your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Good evening. I'm very excited to uh, be here tonight at the Buford Congregation. Um, uh, I, I've grown to love this congregation, uh, not because I have been here, but uh, I am, again, I'm from the, the Central Congregation in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, for many years, we have did a big youth rally uh, over in Augusta, and uh, this congregation has been wonderful in supporting that for many years. Uh, back in the days when Jeremy Pate was bringing over a group, and then Jay Hall, and uh, very excited to be here. I uh, appreciate the leadership here and Kyle for uh, allowing me to be here and uh, talk on this topic tonight. I think it's an important topic. Uh, I know even at Central we've talked about uh, this, this topic as well, uh, especially coming out of COVID and uh, trying to get everybody back, uh, just being together again and the difficulty that has been uh, with the craziness of the past year or two years. Uh, so I'm excited to be talking about this tonight. But again, I want to thank this congregation for, uh, for, for, for so many years supporting our, our youth rally, uh, SOAR, over in Augusta. And uh, hopefully, Lord willing, uh, in 2022, we'll have a live event as our last two years have been uh, virtual or we didn't, weren't able to have it at all. Um, I was able to come tonight. My wife had to stay back and, uh, and teach. And so I brought my, my chaperone, my bodyguard, my nine-year-old daughter. So she's up in the class right now. And uh, I'm excited that she was able to make the trek over with me. We talked about all kind of things from Disney and boys. Uh, she's nine right now, but she's going on like 21. And, or at least she thinks she's 21. 
And so uh, it's always fun to have a long car ride with her and all the, the interesting conversations that get brought up and the different topics uh, that are there. Um, why don't you go and grab your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're just going to start really where the main theme is uh, throughout this summer, which is in verse 22. But I love, you know, back really the larger theme is this idea back in Luke chapter 10, verse 37 of, of going and doing. And I love the fact that that is the focus throughout this summer and looking at the fruits of the Spirit and realizing what are these things that we need to, these action things that we need to be going and doing um, as Christians. And so I want to I kind of jump into here in uh, Galatians chapter 5. We'll read verse 22, um, and then we'll go to God in prayer before we uh, jump into the rest of our journey together tonight. So in this letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22, the apostle writes this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And tonight we're going to be focusing our attention on faithfulness. But before we do, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to, to be in your presence. We're grateful to, to be here tonight and being able to learn from your word. Lord, uh, as, as so many have come here probably from work or from uh, the house and had a quick dinner or are waiting for one afterwards, they've made the commitment to come here and be here tonight to hear from your word. I ask your blessing upon each of us as we study from your word tonight, that we will take the things that we are learning and we'll take those into our minds and our hearts and we'll use those to expand the borders of your kingdom. Lord, we ask you to help us and use us in every way, each and every day that you give us to expand those borders for you. Lord, help us to, to be guided by you and your word and your spirit and, and just wrap your arms around us and hold us up when we need you to and walk with us every step of this journey. Lord, I ask you to be with the people here at the Buford congregation. I ask you your blessing upon them and their families, their lives, their commitment to you, their faithfulness to you as they, they walk this road that sometimes is not the easiest road to walk. I ask you to be with their, their leaders, the, the elders and deacons and ministers, and the so many of the, the individual people here that are working so hard for your kingdom. I ask your blessing upon each of them and their families as they do this good work for you. Lord, I ask you to bless our time together tonight as we walk through these scriptures and we, we ask these scriptures, we ask you to help these scriptures to prick our hearts, to help, them soak, help us soak them up into our minds and our hearts so we can use those for you and be better for you every single day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Make sure the, our clicker is, is working tonight. All right. You know, a number of years ago, uh, there was a headline, you know, if you're like me, you walk into the, like a Publix or some sort of grocery store, and the, one of the big things you, you notice when you walk through the aisle there, uh, there's generally lots of candy and other things that they're trying to, to typically sell you, and, uh, but there's always the magazines or the tabloids that are there, uh, usually to your left as you're going through the, the aisle. And a number of years ago, uh, it was interesting, one of the headlines on, the, on a major supermarket tabloid uh, just kind of in big letters across this magazine, really just kind of proclaimed this, this, this kind of title. And the title on this tabloid was basically, and they said it wouldn't last. 
And, and the cover of the tabloid was really celebrating the first wedding anniversary of a well-known couple that had been, had, had been married not very long. And, and many people had said, you know, this is not going to last. This is going to uh, be just like any kind of Hollywood uh, marriage. It's going to only last for a few months. It's not going to go well. And so the tabloid was basically joyously proclaiming that the predictions were, were all wrong and that the, the marriage was healthy and strong and it was, it was pushing against every other Hollywood marriage out there. And, and the question is, who were they actually talking about? Who was this famous couple? And again, this was more than a couple of years ago. This was many years ago. The couple they were actually talking about were Michael Jackson and uh, Lisa Marie Presley whose marriage ended not too long after the, the article was actually put out. In fact, the marriage only lasted some 20 months uh, before Lisa Marie said, you know, I'm, I'm done, I want to I file for divorce. And they both came out and basically said, listen, we just want to be friends. And, and not only was the tabloid absolutely wrong with the, uh, the state of their marriage, but it also revealed, I think, the weakness of the, of the society and the culture that we live in, even, even today, even though this was many years ago basically suggesting that if a marriage lasts one year or, or even amount, amount of months, but man, this, is, this, this has to be something. You know, I'm also reminded of the, the, the Hallmark Company. Um, I went recently, our, our preacher had a, a, uh, a birthday in the, in a, within our office. You know, we'll buy uh, cards and many times we'll try to find funny cards. And the one thing I was reminded about in going to the, the CVS uh, down the street from our church building, just looking for cards. And I generally try to find a card that's just really doesn't make any sense. It's really goofy and crazy uh, just, to, just to make our preacher laugh, uh, that sort of thing. And I was reminded as I kind of walked down the aisle, all the different types of cards and the little messages that you can find. And I was like, wow, you can really find a message for anything. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you're even looking for. You can find anything you want in the Hallmark section of, of CVS or you know, Walgreens or wherever you buy your Hallmark card from. There literally is something for, for everything. And, and, you know, it was another for me in looking at this, the Hallmark cards, it was another way we often see a glimpse of where our culture and maybe even where our society is currently at. You know, Hallmark even has a card, even though we know they have cards for pretty much everything, they had a card that, that really fits almost any mood that you're in or anything that you really want to share. They even had a card that, that simply said this. It said, and I was kind of surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I was surprised that there was a card that actually said this. And the card simply said this. It says, I can't promise you forever, but I can promise you today. And that's what the card was. I'm not exactly sure what, what situation you would get that, give that card to someone for, but that card, I thought, stood out to me. And, and that's about as deep uh, a commitment as, as some in our society are willing to make. But in complete contrast to that, we have a God who not only honors faithfulness, but is constantly showing us his faithfulness every step of the journey. And also is looking to us to see what level of faithfulness that we are having along this journey as well. You know, I'm reminded about the passage in Psalm chapter uh, 100 verse 5, and it says this, and it's on the screen as well. It says, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And I believe we don't have to look very far to notice the things around us uh, that, that, that allow us to have the capacity to be reminded of, of exactly who God is. I don't think it takes us very far to just open our eyes and look around and realize that, wow, here's another reminder about exactly how faithful God is and, and, and who he is and being, a, being honored to be able to belong to him. 
In fact, I, I think about the different things that God has blessed us with in this life. You know, every time, for example, that we may see a rainbow, uh, we're able to be reminded and remember that God is faithful and that He keeps His promises. You know, I, I think about every moment, you know, even, even right now, maybe for you, and uh, maybe you brought your Bible tonight, and maybe it's on a device even, and, and you're looking at the Scriptures that way, but also think about how often we're able to simply, on any given, not Sunday or Wednesday, but any given day, we're able to pick up God's Word, and we're able to remember what He said, for example, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, where He says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And then I think about the times that, that the saints get to gather, even tonight, being able to gather together and look around this room and, and, and feel the, 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 the family that is here tonight. Being able to go from Augusta to, to uh, near Atlanta, a few hours away, and, and join right into this family and go anywhere across the nation or the world to a church of Christ and know that that's, that is my brothers and sisters in Christ. And every time we gather to worship with the brothers and sisters in Christ, we remember uh, what he told us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where he says, where two or three are come together in my name, there I'll also be with them. And, and then I think about the times like every Sunday, every, every time we're able to partake of the Lord's Supper, the communion, every time someone answers the invitation, we remember that he said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age or the, or the world. And then I also think about this. In one day when... You or I may be standing on the, the brink of death. And we remember his promise in John chapter 14, verses 2 through 4, where he says this. He says, In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. You know, we are blessed with uh, so many good hymns and songs that we get to sing each week. You know, even tonight, being able to come together and sing together is, is something that, that warms my heart. Uh, every Sunday morning when, you know, our song leaders get up at Central and, and start leading that worship service, it's an amazing thing to me. And it, for me, it lifts me up. And sometimes I don't even have to know the song for it to be lifting me up, just hearing the words that, that, that are out there and that we're singing together and what an encouragement that is. I'm often reminded about one of the songs that, that I believe is in our hymnal and maybe is in yours as well that we often sing at Central and it's called Great is Thy Faithfulness. And every time I, I see that song, I, I think, man, the, whoever wrote this song was exactly right. I want to read a few of the, the, the words of the song that I think are, are right on. The writer says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And what a, a wonderful song to be able to sing that reminds us of, of the, that one thing that we're talking about tonight, which is the Lord's faithfulness. You know, I think, I think in this life with the difficulties that come our way, we need to have some reminders about that, whether it's, it's singing songs to him that sound like that or, or maybe just reading God's word or looking around us and being reminded of those things. But the, the, the faithfulness is not just about what God provides towards us, but also as we see him working through us, the fruits that we're able to produce, the things produced through the spirit within us. 
And if, and if we allow His Spirit to work within us, and the fruit of, of faithfulness is going to be real, it's going to be evident in our lives, and people are going to be able to notice something different about us because of that. And the more we're able to yield to His guidance, the less vulnerable to discouragement and temptation we'll start to become. And as we are filled with His Spirit, others will find in us a, a reliability, a trustworthiness, a staying power through both good and bad, a faithfulness that the world just simply doesn't understand. And, and the more and more and I live in this life, I realize the world really doesn't understand what faithfulness is. And so tonight, as, as we take this journey together tonight, as we walk about the fruit of faithfulness, let's begin by defining some terms just so we're all on the same page when we're talking about faithfulness. And so let's define what faithfulness is and make sure that we're on the same page. If, if we're going to make a, a kind of make a a definition or define faithfulness as Paul uses it in the New Testament. The question is, well, how would we do that? Well, if, if simply if we took a, a dictionary, maybe even you, you looked up on your phone right now and just looked up the term, what is faithfulness? Or even ask Siri or whoever you want to ask, what is faithfulness? You'll probably get somewhat of a more te technical uh, definition that says something like this to some degree. Something like to follow through with a commitment regardless of difficulty. And I look at that and I think, I, I'm not going to knock that. I don't think that's a bad definition. It's more of a, a technical uh, dictionary.com kind of definition that you would probably look up or ask Siri or something like that. But, but I think there's something that's maybe a little bit more easier for us. And I think that we, it's one, one I want to use tonight that's going to define what we term faithfulness. Faithfulness is simply this. Faithfulness is love hanging on. It is love saying, I am not willing to give up. It is love saying, I'm not willing to quit, and I'm not ready to quit, and I'm not going to quit. Now, there may be misunderstandings, there may be dis disappointments, there may be discouragements, there may be difficulties, there may be hard times, but I will not quit. It is love hanging on. You know, it's kind of like if a husband says, you know, I, I really love my wife, and then he goes out and cheats on her, and, and at that point, you'd probably call him a liar first, you may call him a cheat, and you probably are going to call him a few other names as well. But, but most of all, you would, you'd probably say, you know, Jeremy, he's unfaithful because that is what he's been. That's what he's done. And, and no matter how strong his arguments may be, uh, no matter how loudly he's going to proclaim that he loves his wife and cares for her, it's going to be hard to believe him. And the question is why? Because his unfaithfulness negates his proclamation of love. It's almost the same if you think about it in the Christian realm. If you think about it in a church setting, we would almost say it the very same thing. And if someone says, well, well Jeremy, I really love the Lord, I really love the church, and, but then is, is unfaithful, then it's hard to believe that he really does love the Lord or his church. Because you see, faithfulness and love always go hand in hand. They're always tied together in some way. Faithfulness, remember, is love hanging on. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, you're going to get discouraged, and you may get discouraged, and you may be, get, get, really get disappointed, you may get upset even. But faithfulness says this, even though there is discouragement, even though there is disappointment, I, I'm refusing to let go. I'm, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. And I will keep on attending, and I will keep on giving, and I will keep on serving because God has called me to be faithful. And so let's, let's jump into some scriptures tonight 
And let's listen together and to what the Bible says. What, what we, that's the most important thing that we can do tonight is jump into Scripture. Uh, we're going to kind of fly through some of these. They're going to be up on the screen if, if you don't have your Bible with you. But I want you, and if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these down because I'd love for you to go back to these Scriptures and really soak these in of what the message really is trying to communicate when it comes to faithfulness. And so tonight, here are some some scriptures that I believe that can challenge us, and I want, to, I want them to be able to challenge us when it comes to the idea of being faithful. And I want to start here. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, uh, challenge us to be faithful in, in stewardship. And again, all these things that we're going to have to look at are going to be different areas of our life, I think, that, that the, the scriptures are screaming and saying, this is an area for you as a Christian that God is calling you to be faithful in. And so let, it, let these passages challenge us tonight. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 challenges us to be faithful in stewardship as it says this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And then our next passage is in Jude chapter 1 verse 3 where it talks about being faithful in, in service. So we have being faithful in stewardship but now we have being faithful in service where Jude chapter 1 verse 3 says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once all delivered to the saints. And so Jude 1 through 3 talks about being faithful in service. But then we also have Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6 where I believe it speaks to being faithful in our marriages. The passage says this, So they are no longer two but one flesh, what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And so we see and we're challenged to be faithful in our marriages. But also we, we turn to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, which is probably a very familiar passage that you've read and heard sermons about many, many times. And Jesus speaks of being faithful in spreading God's word. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whomever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whomever does not believe will be condemned. And so we see Mark 16, 15 and 16 proclaiming this. And then we, we jump to our next passage, Romans chapter 12, verse 12, where it says that we are to be faithful in prayer. The passage says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And then we, we also are challenged by Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, which speaks to, to being faithful in ministry. And again, another familiar passage for us, a song that we even sing along with this passage, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then we're also challenged by the passage in Revelation chapter 17, verse 14, that says that we are to be faithful in following the Lord. And, it, and this is what the passage says, They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And those with Him are called and chosen and faithful. Next, we're challenged in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 26, where it speaks of, of faithful instruction. And the pastor says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And next, in, in 3 John 3, it says we are to be faithful in the truth. 
the passage says, For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you were walking in the truth. We have two more we're going to look at. Both are in Revelation. Revelation chapter 13, verse 10 is another one that challenges us. It speaks of faithfulness even in times of persecution. The passage says if, if it says this, if anyone is to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If, if, if anyone is to be slain with a sword, with a sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. And lastly, in Revelation chapter 2, in verse 10, we have a challenge here. In Revelation 2.10 says, we are to be faithful unto death, and then we will receive the crown of life. And, and the passage says this, do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And as Christians, we, we must understand what it means to be faithful. If there's anybody in this life that needs to understand this, I, I believe it's us as we live out this life and we're trying our best to do everything that we just read in these passages, all these different things, all these aspects of our life that these scriptures are pointing to, and if there's anybody in this life that needs to understand what faithfulness is, brothers and sisters, it's you and I. And these verses that we've just read are a great reminder for us in understanding and implementing what it means to be a faithful, be faithful as Christians in this life. But as we, we realize the world that we're living in, we realize we're living in a fallen world where we're bombarded with, with misunderstandings and different views of what it truly means to, to be a Christian and live a faithful life. And we're reminded that the world around us has, has a different view of what faithfulness really means. And there's so many things in our life every single day uh, that we're seeing, whether it's on a billboard or media or, or anything that pops up, we, we're constantly reminded that, man, I'm living in a fallen world. And the world has a completely different view of what faithfulness really means. I mean, for example, let me illustrate. Our world often you know, has things backwards and has a different view of, of how to handle what it means to be faithful. And, and for example, I'll show you. you know, faithful Christianity, for example, seeks peace and rec reconciliation between individuals, right? And our culture often seeks confrontation instead. You know, faithful Christianity treats everyone among us with, with dignity and respect and treats everyone in that light. And, and our world often looks down on those who don't look like them and treats them badly. Faithful Christianity offers forgiveness, while our society often simply assigns blame. Faithful Christianity and living through that offers mercy, but often the, the world simply seeks revenge and retribution. And, and faithful Christianity frees itself from the material world in, world in order to, to follow Christ more closely in the, in the culture that we live in, embraces bigger houses and nicer cars and more and more and more. And faithful Christianity submits to the cross while our culture sees submitting to anything as a weakness. You see, the world we live in really doesn't understand faithfulness. It doesn't even have a clue as to what Paul is talking about uh, when he says the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. And so to help us understand it, let's look and be Let's look at a demonstration of faithfulness from the Scriptures. And once again, the, the example, I believe, is Jesus. And I want to turn your, your attention to Matthew chapter 16. Uh, we're going to be really starting in verse 21 and go through 23. And Jesus, as the ultimate example of what faithful, faithfulness is all about, gives us a great 
uh, picture here in, in the book of Matthew, in chapter 16. And I'm not going to read it verbatim, but I want to kind of tell you, walk you through what's going on here on the, on the screen, on, the, on this passage. You know, verse 21 tells us that Jesus brings his disciples together and tells them that he's going to Jerusalem. And he tells them, I know what will happen there, uh, that, that I'm going to be arrested, that I'm going to be beaten, that I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going away anyway. And you may remember uh, that in the next uh, verse, Paul, Peter uh, tries to stop him and he said, Lord, don't go. But Jesus says something very simple and very plain. He says, get behind me, Satan. And I don't know about you, but the question I've, also, I've often asked and I've often heard asked uh, would often be something like this. Like, why would, would Jesus call Peter Satan? And maybe to give us a possible answer, could it possibly be that Satan was using Peter's earthly, worldly mindset to try to get Jesus to quit, uh, to be unfaithful himself? And I look throughout Scripture, I look through the New Testament especially, and, and again and again throughout the ministry, Jesus' ministry, Satan tried to tempt Jesus to constantly be unfaithful. Jesus, don't go to the cross. Uh, why would you do that? Don't die for their sins. Just quit. I mean, Jesus, it's going to be hard. It's going to be way too hard. It's going to be difficult. You don't want him to do this. Jesus, there's going to be way too many obstacles, too many difficulties. You, you just need to turn around and quit. But then we're reminded of the passage in Luke chapter 9. That, that Jesus, and he proves that he would not be distracted from his mission. There was nothing that was going to get in, in his way to, to be distracted in any way. And we're reminded in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, where he tells us that, that Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. Because Jesus was determined that no matter what happened, he would be faithful to the mission that, that God had for him, that God gave him. So faithfully, he goes to Jerusalem. And even while he was hanging on the cross, if you remember, the people below him were there mocking him again, saying, if you really were the son of God, why don't you just come down from here? I mean, you're, if you really are who you say you are, I mean, why not call the angels and, and take care of business at this point? Jesus, I mean, are you really that person? And that's what Satan was saying too. Satan constantly was saying, just quit, just come down. It's not worth it. The pain is too intense. You don't want to go through this. Uh, the, the people, don't, they don't really care anyways. They're just going to be a mess. I mean, you don't want to have to deal with people like that. Just quit, Jesus. But he continued to hang there until finally he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And into thy hands I commit my spirit. Brothers and sisters, that's faithfulness. And more importantly, that's faithfulness unto death. And, and the faithfulness of Jesus has inspired the faithfulness of, of others all throughout the ages, many before us and many hopefully to come. Those who, who hung in there, you know, through the, the good and the bad, through the times of plenty and the times of want and the times of difficulty, Jesus has inspired many along the way. But I love how Theodore Roosevelt said it here. He said this, he said, it is not the, the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by the dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, 
and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Brethren, faithfulness is not quitting. It's not giving up. It's not giving in. Faithfulness is, is hanging in there through the good times and through the bad times. Faithfulness is, is, is saying, staying steady and consistent when everyone else walks away and everyone else say, I'm, says, I'm done. Faithfulness is daring greatly. And finally, I want us to ask a question tonight as we continue down this journey of, of what it means to be faithful and the steps that we need to take potentially down this path. And the question is simply this, how do we develop faithfulness? Part of this whole topic tonight is this idea of, okay, Jeremy, I know, I, I, hear, I hear you. I understand that we need to be faithful, and I understand that Jesus and God is faithful, and, and I'm understanding that you're saying that, that I need that as well, and I need to reflect that uh, as well, but how do we develop faithfulness? In order to answer this, you need to realize that an apple tree doesn't stand out in the middle of an orchard saying, how do I develop apples? An apple tree produces apples because that's what apple trees do. And when we are spirit-led Christians, when we are a branch attached to the vine of Jesus Christ, then we produce fruit because it's a natural thing to do. It's what we are made to do. We don't have to sit around and think and theorize and analyze this, but we do have to be careful that our branch is never detached from the vine or that some disease will destroy our fruitfulness. So I believe as we think about this, there are certain things that we need to be careful about. And I think, number one, we need to be careful about this, that we need to realize that temptations will come. And just as surely as Jesus was tempted uh, to be unfaithful, we too will be tempted to be unfaithful. Brothers and sisters, we're going to be tempted to be unfaithful in our marriages, in our relationship with the Lord. We're going to be tempted to be unfaithful with, to the church. And, th and that's what Satan does. He is there to tempt us every step of the way. And, and one of the main goals that he has for us is if I can get Jeremy to be unfaithful in any part of his life, then I've started to win this battle with him. And he's doing that right now in our lives. He's looking for those weaknesses. He's looking for those little, those little gaps in our life that we've allowed maybe to, to happen. Maybe we've gotten lazy. Maybe we've gotten away from God. And Satan is right there looking in, looking for that weakness. He's looking to tempt us. He's looking for us to, to cheat on God. He's looking for us to be unfaithful. So we have to be aware of that. But secondly, we need to seek the Holy Spirit's reinforcement and develop regular positive spiritual habits in our life. You know, to be honest, this, this world is not a Christian world. And if I'm being very honest, our nation right here is becoming less and less of a Christian nation, if we're being honest. And, and, and we're being pressured on every side to develop negative habits and tempting us to be unfaithful in church attendance, to be unfaithful in prayer, to be unfaithful in study and every other aspect of what it means to be a Christian. But if we'll say this, get behind me, Satan, and be determined to serve God faithfully, the people will be able to start counting on us. We'll be consistent and trustworthy and reliable. We'll develop these habits so they, they start coming automatically in our life. They'll become natural. We don't have to think about them anymore. And when Satan tempts us, we will not be severely tempted because we've developed the habits of faithfulness. And we will not quit. We will not walk away anymore because we have something different in us. But finally, we need to get back up when we fall. And when we do have moments that we are knocked down, we have to be determined to not stay down anymore. We have to get up. We can't quit. You know, Simon Peter is one of the, my heroes in the scriptures, not because he always did things right, because obviously we know he, he screwed up a lot, just as we do many times. 
And sometimes he, he made glaring mistakes, you know, even denying the Lord. And he wept bitterly because of, of the things that he had done. But every time he fell down, he, he got back up again. And so when it came time to choose someone to preach the very first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost, guess who was chosen? Holy Spirit said, Simon Peter, you do it. You've had the experience of being down and getting back up again. You've made some mistakes, yes, and these people need to know that. They need to hear how vulnerable you have been. They need to know where your life has been. And despite all that, God is still able to do work through you. I think the same is true of Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. He experienced all kinds of persecutions, all kinds of discouragement, all kinds of temptations. Yet never, ever, ever did he decide to give up. He was constantly trying to move forward and do the best that he could. And then came that glorious day when the old Apostle Paul wrote these words in Timothy. This is in Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, where he says, The time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me, store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And brothers and sisters, as we start to conclude tonight in talking about the fruit of faithfulness, I'm reminded of a few scriptures that always bring such comfort and peace in, in times of hurt and pain in my life and in, of discouragement in my life. Passages that remind me of the faithfulness of God. The first one I want to share with you comes from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. And this is a passage when in my life when I've had times where I'm hurting and I'm looking for comfort, I'm looking for peace, or maybe I'm confused, or maybe I'm doubting, or maybe anything that's lacking in my life. I love these passages that are such encouraging passages to me. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, which says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. But it's also passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, which says simply this, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. But it's also passages like Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 22 and 23. And again, sometimes we even sing this where it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. But also as, as passages like Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 that are so encouraging to me when in times of my life where I'm down and discouraged and I need something to lift me up and remind me of the Lord's faithfulness. And he says, and, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And lastly, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, another passage that is a go-to for me, and it says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we close out our lesson tonight, I, I have a simple question, but maybe difficult question for you as I want you to Think about where you are with, with the Lord right now. And it's simply this, tonight, where are you in your walk with God? Where are you in your, in your walk with the Lord? And, and I wonder tonight, are, 
For some of you, are you going through a painful experience? Are you going through difficulties in your life? Do you, do you feel that you've been knocked down or maybe that you've, uh, you've fallen along the way? Have you been finding yourself pulling away from God? Have you found yourself pulling away from His church? Has it gotten to the place where you're just like, Jeremy, I think I'm ready to quit and I'm being tempted just to kind of give up and I don't know what to do? And, and maybe if you have gotten to that place, my encouragement to you will be don't stop. Keep pressing on. Hang in there because faithfulness is love hanging on. And if you've been struggling in any way, to be reminded tonight that God is here for you now to walk with you on this journey that we call life. Know that whether you've been knocked, knocked down or fallen or you feel distance between you and God, that He is there for you and He wants you and, and He wants a relationship with you. But also maybe you're here tonight and, and you've never made the decision to become a child of God. Maybe you've been wondering about it. Maybe you've been asking questions. Maybe you've actually been even been studying. Or maybe tonight, this is the first time you've ever walked through the, the, the doors of a, of a church building and been with church family. And maybe you're just starting to question this idea of what does it mean to be a Christian. And I want you to know this tonight, that Jesus never quit. He went all the way to the cross and he gave up his life that you and I may be able to have a, the promise of everlasting life. The, the, the most awesome gift that we could ever be blessed with. And his salvation that he offers is available for you. And when you're knocked down and you try to get yourself back up, you'll find his strong arm there helping you up, get back up on your feet again and walk the rest of that journey. Tonight, where are you with God? And if you're here and you, and you have a decision to make on your heart tonight, we want to encourage you to do that. And so, and at this time, we want to encourage you to come forward and make that decision right now and not delay any longer. Tonight, will you come as we stand?